Guys, welcome back to Girls Like Us, the podcast that finally asks the question, what does a literature degree get you? Uh, with the answer being a podcast about books for children. Except this week, Franny, what are we're not talking about books for children, are we? No, we're talking about movies for women. So the yeah. same, within the same category, you know, kind there's of overlap. Ass- yeah, assuming the same IQ of the um, consumer. Of the consumer, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and speaking of IQs, I think, you know, so something that's famously part of podcast lore is both of us being from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do have kind of a breaking Cincinnati news update to share this week, which is that uh, P.G. Sittenfeld, brother of Curtis Sittenfeld, an author who we talk at length about on this show, has been arrested on federal yeah. corruption charges. And even more crazy is that he is claiming that he is innocent. Right. Okay. So for background, everybody, P.G. Sittenfeld is a, a member of uh, city council who is also running for mayor in the next year and was kind of the presumptive front runner for the mayoral race. So as like somebody who's lived in Chicago for five years, this is not the kind of this like if I were to hear this about my alderman, if I were to hear this about my mayor, you know, you're not shocked. In Chicago, you're very used to political corruption. This is pretty much run run of the course here. Right. But in Cincinnati, especially with the son, the high-profile son of an incredibly wealthy and influential family, yeah. uh, whose sisters produced such works such as Rodham, such as Prep. Such as Eligible. Yeah, it's The honestly, Cincinnati-themed version of Pride and Prejudice. Exactly. <laughs> it's like... It's in, it's crazy. So both of us all. Di- so basically, what happened is PG was caught on tape, um, kind of requesting donations to a uh, PAC, a political action fund, a political yeah. action campaign, whatever that he secretly was controlling. Nobody knew. He makes it clear in the tapes. Nobody knows I'm controlling this PAC, and yeah. he um, then is kind of shaking down who newsflash is a former Chicago, or not Chicago, former Cincinnati Bengals player (laughs) to make donations to his campaign so that PG will vote in favor of this man's hotel development going through. It's a classic, I mean, it sounds right out of the Chicago playbook, a football player, the son (laughs) of a wealthy family. Like, how is this happening in Cincinnati? Yeah, I don't know. And and the other thing that's crazy is that this has happened to, like, two other Cincinnati council members have been arrested for this. Right. So the FBI did a major sting. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I mean, it makes me proud to be from Cincinnati. I love that we're getting this lore coming me from. Me too. Um, you know, and Curtis, for her part, uh, has <laughs> retweeted an essay she wrote about P.J. Sittenfeld in 2015. And this is my you thing. Know, is I'm like, like, I feel like everybody, and I love my little brother. I, same thing, ride for my little brother. Mm-hmm. I also, though, am the first to admit that my little brother, like, when he does a dumb thing, like, I'm like the first to be like, hey, that's a dumb thing. Yeah. And like, while I will love him to the end of the earth, and like, mm-hmm. if he were to do something like this, I would have his back. I am not going on my personal Twitter feed and putting my writing career on the line. No. 
for his Especially ass. when she's had such a, she, this year was the editor of the Best American Short Stories 2020, right. which is a big deal for me and Sophie. Mm-hmm. I mean, our, I feel like both of our favorite genres is that the anthology of Best American Short Stories. Absolutely. Which, both by the are- way, much better this year than last year. I I really, there were some very good stories in it this year. Yeah, it is incredible. I'm about halfway through it. It's just, it's a treat. It's wonderful. So it's like, why throw your neck down on the line for city politics? It's like, this is the time to call him and be like, hey, I support you. And to keep your damn mouth shut on social media, right? Yeah, don't do it. I mean, that's the thing is like, also like, yeah, I can't imagine my brother to me or me to my brother. Like if, if my brother took in, um you know, took bribes to (laughs) do some, like, OTR development project. I mean, it would be, like, you know, like, my my thing with this is, like, and this, I may not have a great understanding of, you know, citywide electoral politics, but how, I feel like the underlying message of many, you know, big donations is I'm going to do this for you and then you'll do this for me. Like, right. I feel like that is implicitly there. And yeah, he like, was just dumb and said quo. it, like, explicitly. Yeah, exactly. But it is what you said at the top, which is, like, it's wild to be claiming innocence. However, what we talked about pre-roll was that, like, basically, whoever he's going to hire, he's going to hire the best attorney money can buy. Yeah. Whoever he's going to attire is pr- uh, hire is probably unfortunately a better attorney than the uh the uh u.s attorney for the southern district of ohio yeah right yeah he he's gonna be fine donovan what's well we're gonna bring in our guest yeah let's go let's go ahead and bring in our guest because Um, i think that he he's been sitting here kind of making eyes at this whole situation and i feel like he's a worldly man Right. He's lived in Cincinnati. He's lived in, but he's also lived in so many other in places. Venezuela, uh, yeah, Nashville. He's lived in Venezuela, Nashville, Portland. Like, we need to get his opinion on this. So, Franny, yes. bring him in. So, um, we have from Radio Free Tote Bag, it is Donovan. Welcome, Donovan. And we were on your episode of Radio Free Tote Bag, or a episode of Radio Free Tote Bag a few weeks ago. You were. You guys yeah. had some uh, good stories for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Oh my Thank gosh. Thank you for having me. I, I'm yeah, I'm from Cincy too. I've like moved different places like you were saying, but I spent a decent amount of time there. I don't know who this PJ fella is. You don't so, know who PJ Sittenfeld is? I'm it's out actually of touch. PG. It's PG, actually PG, excuse me. Oh. Um, he's just kind of been like like he has sort of Obamafied. Cincinnati city <laughs> politics, if that makes sense. Except like he's that he kind is of white. Right. He is, in <laughs> fact, one of the only white members of Cincinnati City Council. There's not many white people on Cincinnati City Council, if I'm remembering correctly. And he's sort of taken it upon himself to, like, he's using, because he is young and he's kind of, I guess, he's cute. I guess could be considered cute. Yeah. And so he's kind of like t- made Cincinnati City Council have, like, uh like a celebrity feeling like he's kind of a local celebrity especially i think also because of the curtis influence i mean like because they're kind of like a power cincinnati family i don't know you know curtis i obviously like we tried to get her on the pod she's a very good writer like she is not really i really enjoy her writing and i think that she is very smart however i'm their family seems to be just like you walk into their house and you can like peel in a hundred dollar bill off the wall. Yeah. They must have crazy amounts of money. Well, and I don't know who their dad is. Like, I don't, maybe he like, yeah, because, I don't know. Donovan, to background and sorry if this is boring or non-Cincinnati listeners, but Donovan, your dad is a P and G guy. So that's, that's like a very Cincinnati thing. Maybe Sittenfeld 
they're like, we invented Dove soap for P- P&G or whatever. Like, I'm like, there has to be some gigantic right. Cincinnati uh, connection. Basically what Franny's trying to say, Donovan, is she think the- she thinks PG's dad is your dad's boss. Oh, yeah, PG-13, exactly. PG the yeah. CEO of PG. <laughs> okay. Hey, if PG, uh, what's his face, goes to jail, he's going to have to change his name to R. Am I right, folks? Yeah, oh, no. Right. Girls that's like all us, the takes I have on this situation. Yeah, Just cutting analysis. I will say that Girls Like Us is a firmly, you know, abolitionist podcast. We are exactly. anti-prison. We are anti-jail. However, a big caveat is: Would I like this man to have some sort of like? Should he go to jail? Should he go to prison? No, we shouldn't waste taxpayer dollars on that. Should he kind of be humiliated and never able to work in the public sector again? Absolutely. Yeah, Bring back just, the stocks. Put them exactly. in Fountain Square. Exactly. Stock them up on Fountain Square, ladies. <laughs> exactly. Throw graders ice <laughs> yeah. at him. You know, kind of moving on from the PG mm-hmm. scenario, because I just feel like we had to gloat and dunk on him briefly. Um, but, you know, so this week we're not talking about the click. We're not even really talking about YA fiction. Um, we're talking about what happens when girls who read the kind of YA fiction that we read grow up and what kind of media they're kind of primed to mm-hmm. um, to consume. So, Donovan, what books would you say influenced you when you were a supple young tween? Uh, I was reading a lot of, like, Redwall that series and like lord of the rings okay Mm -hmm. i was like i was one of those kids who was like dreaming of the day i could get a sword okay like that was top of my list i was like swords are out there and then there's (laughs) this book series about them that was pretty cool yeah there's there's a lot of fantasy and and that kind of stuff i started reading john grisham in seventh grade for some reason oh my goodness i don't know why Especially in retrospect, I think at the time I was just like, oh, this is like adult stuff. This makes me smart if I read this. <laughs> so I read like a whole bunch of it. Yeah, yeah those like, uh, I think those are very like tempting for middle schoolers because any sort of like book that you could like go into a UDF and buy in paperback, like a seventh grader is going to look at that and be like, this is something that I need to read. Because I read some like Jodi Pic- Piccolo books. Yeah. I don't know if you guys know who she is, but she's like similarly to like, John Grisham, like, she's has John one million Grisham titles. for girls. Yeah, John Grisham for girls. Like, I read one about a school shooting that she did when I yeah. was in seventh grade, and it was like, oh. She was always writing about, like, school shootings or, like, virginity loss. Exactly. And, and there was no, like... Metaphorically the same thing. Right, exactly. <laughs> for girls, it's for kind girls, of the same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, Donovan, were you into Aragon at all? No. I looked down on those kids for some reason. That was one of those ones that I saw the cover and I was like, that dragon's goofy looking. Lord of the Rings dragons are better than that. (laughs) And I didn't read it. That was like, that dragon looks gay. (laughs) That dragon's so blue looking. (laughs) Yeah. That sparkly dragon. What is this? Some kind of dragon for girls? Yeah, I think I read one of those books because it was like everybody in my like third grade class was reading it and I kind of, I got bored. Because dragons aren't for girls. I will say that. On the podcast, get women away from the dragons. We don't want them. No. Take them away. Yeah, take them. I don't care about them. Um, So this is our Thanksgiving episode. And it's so great to be at this sort of metaphorical virtual table with family. Donovan is, in fact, family through, like, the lineage of being connected to your- Franny's girlfriend's best friend. Um, yes, that is that is how we know each other. So yes. Donovan is a podcast host, obviously, of Radio Free Tote Bag, very funny relationship advice podcast. 
but also brother of my girlfriend's best friend. Yeah. So look at that. That's a family. You're yeah, a family so here. In podcasting world, that is what constitutes a family. It's a girl, her friend, and then her friend's girlfriend's friend's brother. That's yes. what a family is in America <laughs> today. If uh, um, Arthur and I die or something, you all get the uh, podcast. You have the right. Oh my god! our will. We got to yeah. leave it to our podcast family members. Right. This is podcast yeah. primogeniture. And um, I think the main character of our of the movie we're about to discuss would know a little bit about wills. I think Ooh. she would too. I think she would know a little bit too about the kind of litigation that's currently kind of encompassing <laughs> PG Sittenfeld's greater existence. She should represent him. I would honestly, if she, it seems like this is the kind of gal that if she's on your side, you can't lose your federal corruption case, right? No, absolutely not. Um, so let's, let's chat about, um, this movie. So the movie we watched for this week, we've linked it on our Twitter. Um, I'll throw it up on our Instagram. It's called- You'll throw the whole movie on. (laughs) Yeah, I'll put it in stories. It's 80 minutes long. Um, like, honestly, uh, I would recommend watching it. Uh, I watched it today while doing the dishes and cleaning my kitchen, which is exactly what I think this movie would want for me. Yes. Um, And we'll get into that. So this movie is entitled A Family Thanksgiving. It's um, produced by the Hallmark Corporation, and it's directed by a fella named Neil Fernley. Um, And just, I'm just going to put it out there, guys. Are you familiar with the work of Neil Fernley? Oh my gosh. You know I'm a Fernley head, Sophie. You know I've seen all of his movies, such as... Uh. <laughs> You've seen all of his episodes of the uh, failed R.L. Stein TV show he directed. Um, and you guys, what, Sophie, I've seen Autumn Dreams. I've seen Daniel's Daughter. I've seen <laughs> Christmas in Canaan. And I've even seen Garage Sale Mystery. So. Exactly. <laughs> Garage Sale Mystery sounds like a great movie. Yeah, that sounds fun. Um, so, and this shocked me. And I'm going to share this information with you guys. This movie was made in 2010. Ooh. Oh my gosh. I really, when I was watching it, was like latest 2005. Same. Absolutely. Even right? just the look of it. Like the beyond look. just ever, the whole look of it, the, what do you call it? The size of the screen. Exactly. Film was the a little grainy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm looking for. And some of that was, I think for us coupled is that none of us paid money for, to watch this, correct? We all watched this on YouTube where it is uploaded for free. Um, I had to get it in 4K. I dropped 30 bucks for the whole experience. <laughs> You had the 4D uh, version of uh, put a VR Christmas. headset on. Yeah. They were projecting smells into your room while you're watching. You're like, "Mom's apple pie." Wow, um, the apple they, pie that I'm too busy to make because I'm a lawyer. Right. Also, I'm gonna go ahead and say I really thought this movie was earlier too because the entire time there was a little ticker on the bottom, um, <laughs> yes. kind of advertising for a movie with Anne H. As well as Lori Loughlin. Exactly. There's always a Christmas story is, yeah. is the movie that Lori Loughlin is in. It was- as well as there would be like, <laughs> one of them was like <laughs> this little ticker and it would say like, um, we all love to go where everyone knows our name. Cheers will return on January 2nd. I'm like, like placating the old people who are like, why is my rerun of, <laughs> rerun of Cheers and I Love Lucy not on? Oh, we'll get to that when we read the Amazon reviews for this oh, movie. Good. There's lots of confused old people. Um, I Okay, so 
yeah, this movie, like, it just felt like a time capsule. In 2010, granted, you know, this was Thanksgiving 10 years ago. Things were different. Um, but 2010 is not that long ago. Because this movie, the whole thesis is pretty much um, that women belong in the home. And that there is, like, a moral, like, there is a moral obligation of women to, like, basically bear children and have a mediocre husband. Yeah. Sophie, do you want to read the little uh, description that you wrote for this? Yeah. So let's read a quick plot description just to make sure we don't get too off base. Uh, once again, I'm going to say, guys, the movie's 80 minutes long. Go watch it. I yeah, think all of us would doing? say, yeah, you're you know not I mean? doing just anything. You it. better not be, like, going and spreading uh, coronavirus to your aunts and uncles this Thanksgiving. Stay home. Watch this movie. Um, it's the same feeling as being, like... Exactly. Having to talk with a, yeah. a, an aunt or uncle who is upset that Trump lost the election. Like, exactly. this is the same emotional experience. <laughs> um, so, Claudia is our main character, played by um, a woman named uh, Daphne Zuniga. Uh, we'll get to her later. Um, but... Claudia is a Harvard-educated lawyer, uh, basically who thinks that women who have families are total chumps. Um, basically, one of the first things that we hear her say in this movie is like, "Oh, my sister, a stay-at-home mom." Like, yeah, and she's I like, "I know that's easy to do, right?" Oh, she's like, that. "Yeah, this woman like has clearly never vacuumed a carpet before and doesn't realize that like taking care of children and staying home is actually, in fact, hard." Um, so she basically, she's at her, like, big law firm uh, in downtown San Francisco. And we'll get to the opening of the movie later because that constitutes a whole different discussion. Mm -hmm. But um, she takes on a case to fight for the rights. And, guys, this is actually how vague it is. To fight for the rights of a mill that's located <laughs> near a park. A steel mill. Okay, I didn't catch the steel mill part because <laughs> the rest of the movie, they just refer to it as the mill. And I'm like, it's 2010 and there are mills in San Francisco? It's like, we're doing Facebook at this point. Yeah. It was incredibly vague. Exactly. It's it just very much like the kind of gray suits, murky corporate bad guy. It wasn't characterized much. They just wanted to do evil so that yes. they could build their mill. They to want to give health something. problems to the children. <laughs> to they children. never say illness. They don't say ailment. They say the children are experiencing health people. problems. The, the children of the townspeople. Well, that's Once what again, the mill produces, maybe. Maybe that's what it's outputting, <laughs> yeah. is health problems health for problems. children. It's a <laughs> booming business. They want yeah, creating jobs it's to Silicon inject Valley, children baby. with health problems. <laughs> but this is, this is the Bay Area in 2010. Like... There is Facebook, there is Instagram, there are iPhones, and yet these people are still kind of, like, having this homely little fight for, like, a steel mill. Meanwhile, the property values in these suburbs of San Francisco, where they're kind of fighting on behalf of the park, like, that's a $2 million house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, this is a very expensive kind of cost of living uh, yeah, like the happening. poverty line is like 100K. Exactly. Um, so she takes on this case to fight for the rights of the steel mill uh, that's located near a park and therefore has to work on Thanksgiving. And she's like, no problem. I'll just tell my dumb, stupid homemaker sister that I'm not coming over and I'm not going to make mom's apple pie. Both parents not present in this movie. It is just the girl and her sister and her sister's family. Something's going on there. There's some trauma there because they are young women and there are no parents. Yeah. Um, um, and so she's working on Thanksgiving, all of her like 
like um, subordinates at work are like, oh, no, not working on Thanksgiving. And she's like, what? Like holidays mean nothing to me. I'm a lawyer. What else um, would you do? If you don't work, if you don't work all the time, you are a coward like my sister. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and her sister, too, seems to have a job. Um, while also being a stay-at-home mom. Well, her job is defending the townspeople right, exactly. against okay. the mill. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a full-time... So is she a lawyer, too? I mean, like, can you just, like... It well, was that's unclear. The thing is, it's unclear like because later in the movie, she's like, oh, you know, I always dreamed of being an environmental lobbyist. Which is a... <laughs> that is also a lawyer, pretty much. Like, most people who do that job have a law I always dreamed degree. of fighting on uh, for the rights of uh, fossil fuel companies. Right. As I wormed my way into the Biden administration. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, then she is bewitched by a woman uh, wearing a hat. Um, who looks, who is Faye Dunaway. It is literally Faye Dunaway, which I did not get until I was later reading the Amazon page for this movie, because I was so not expecting there to be any recognizable person in this movie. And if you guys need, like, a mental image of, like, what this woman looked like, so, like, imagine Faye Dunaway, and she's wearing a costume slash outfit that Amy Sherman Palladino would wear (laughs) to the premiere of, like, a Gilmore Girls (laughs) event. A giant hat with a feather in it. Yeah. (laughs) It's 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 called peacocking. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she's nagging us viewers. <laughs> yeah. She also, my, my, so she's like supposed to be like a witch, witchy poo type, whatever. But at one point, well, we'll, we'll get into it. But like, I have, I, I'm curious about what you guys think her role is, because I think it, she might be supposed to be like Thanksgiving Santa, quote unquote, <laughs> because of a specific scene where she's getting all this, she's like mailing all this stuff out. And she's like, well, this is a very busy season for me. Oh, now. my goodness. Ooh. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, Thanksgiving Santa is, like, a middle-aged, unmarried, like, vaguely queer-coated woman in a big hat. Yes. Which makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's the spirit of this uh, season. And she brings you heteronormativity. Yes! Yes, In a lot of ways. And I would say not just heteronormativity, but balls-out misogyny. Yes. Only Uh, marriage, only family for women. Anything else in your life is not sufficiently balanced. No. (laughs) No. She keeps referring Uh, to balance. Right. When it's... And she, the kind of lesson she seems to teach to Claudia is like, just do the family thing. Don't do the law thing. And I was very, I was very confused by that towards the end. Because Faye Dunaway transfers her to a, a reality in which she is a mother. Yes. And she's married to this guy who she meets... In, in the real world, she had met at this coffee shop where she's, like, harassing this minimum wage employee okay. to open his coffee shop early. Thank you for saying this, because I have a theory that baristas only exist uh, in movies as, like, vessels for abuse that yes. kind of give us, give us, like, quick exposition. Like, you need quick exposition that a character is an asshole and, like, needs some sort of change in his or her life. Give us a barista. Give us a minimum wage service employee for them to bully. Mm-hmm. Plus, she like calls. She's walking in. She's knocking on a door, banging on it, and he's like, "We're not open yet." She keeps banging, and he looks up, and it's three minutes past noon. So it was all in this dumbass barista. We hate them. We hate this. Three guy. minutes past noon. I thought Fucking it was three morons. minutes past six. Whatever, uh, whatever the time. I don't oh. know why I said noon. That's my morning, I guess. My <laughs> yeah, point of bro. reference is very. It off. was like three minutes past two. I mean, it's early in the morning. <laughs> right. I mean, truly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so, like I said, this movie is um, set in San Francisco. There's no way this movie was shot in San Francisco. This movie was shot in Canada, I'm sure. 
Absolutely. We just get a sweeping shot, literally the same um, kind of drone shot of the Golden Gate Bridge that we get at the beginning of Full House. I believe exactly. it. Yeah, it's like the exact same thing. I got excited when it came on screen because I was like, all right, we're watching an episode of Full House. <laughs> um, and yeah, so this is kind of what I want to talk about is like my general, like if I were to write like an academic paper on this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, my general thought, and I haven't seen a lot of Hallmark movies, but kind of my general thesis is that Hallmark movies are like a Foucaultian apparatus aimed at keeping women in the home. Mm-hmm. And they are a punishment to watch. They are surely a discipline. Like, you watch this as a function of discipline. You never watch a Hallmark movie of one's own, like, volition, like, for pleasure. Either you're at home and you're like, aunt has it on the TV, or it's like, you kind of, you don't know where your remote is, you know? Yeah. You know, I what I'm going to say about this is, I was not really introduced to the fans of Hallmark movies until my senior year of college. And I'm going to call out my friend here. My friend Sarah, who is a queer woman herself, is 100% in on the Hallmark movies. And she sent me like a full comprehensive list of here's what movies you should be watching this year. Here's what movies you should not be watching this year. Oh, interesting. So there is a like a cult aspect of it, of, of people who are not like the prime audience of this. And I find that very interesting. I wonder if some of that's the camp, you know, relation. Yeah. But it's, when you say camp, for me, camp almost always has, like, an appeal to queerness. Like, even though that's not necessarily in the definition of camp, like, in camp, there's always some sort of appeal to, like, oh, well, you know, queer people think this is fun for XYZ reasons. And I found this movie to be, while a lot of fun to watch, almost, like, I think if you were to, like, it's the most heteronormative thing I've ever seen, and not necessarily in a fun way. No. No. It's, it's very, it's very surreal. Like, you know how sometimes people make movies about cultures they don't understand and they portray it. Like (laughs) they're hitting kind of the, like the big points, but everything in between is like this, this is not right. This seems off. It was like that for like white suburban life. We're like, oh, they're doing the thing they're going about, but something just like seemed very off for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that weird, like uncanny almost and i think that also maybe speaks to the movie being made in 2010 where it is portraying a reality that in 2010 didn't really exist right i when it started i was i watched with my with my girlfriend and when it started uh i was like damn this is all the way back in 2010 and she was like don't that's fucked up like it seems like so i think she saw the things and was like, is it set then? Because it was the same reaction I had, where it was like, this feels so much older. Was 2010 really like this? What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. right. Insane. Um, so the so she, like, like Franny said, she kind of is bewitched by this woman and kind of hits her head, I guess. And like wakes- against the front seat of a cab. Right. It's disturbing. And she wakes up and all of a sudden she's a mother to two small children. This is what CTE is like. If you're a football <laughs> player and you get CTE, you wake up and you're like, oh my God, I'm a mom now. Yeah. What was dumb um, to me was that this like movie, like she, when she goes to like in her real life, it is the day before Thanksgiving. And then she wakes up and it's two weeks before Thanksgiving. That's Explain this me. movie. Yeah, uh, because it was like, 
when all of a sudden they looked at the kid, like, so basically she wakes up and she's a mom and she, in her kind of like rush, you know, we all know these movies. We know these movies where a character suddenly is living in an alternate reality. What do they do? They rush immediately to a place that is familiar. So she rushes to her sister's home trying to get some answers and she goes to her sister's house and she's like, what the fuck is going on? Trying to calm down. And she's like, well, now that this is all happening, I'll come to Thanksgiving tomorrow and I'll make mom's famous apple pie. And the sister's like, well, good luck with that because it'll go bad by then. And she looks (laughs) at the calendar and she's been transported two weeks into the past. And this is the point in the movie in which I was like, oh, we have to live two weeks of this woman's life. Like, great. (laughs) I got to also say she she comes up to, to talk to her sister. She's very frazzled. As somebody would be who's been teleported into an alternate dimension (laughs) with a stranger husband and stranger children. Yeah. But she goes up and the sister's like, oh, you seem like you're having a rough time. Let me get you a cup of tea. As if that is the solution for this very clear psychosis that's happening. Yeah, she's she's like, this isn't my husband. These aren't my kids. Drink a little Lipton. yeah. yeah. Did, did you have? Did you get enough sleep last night? Did you get your eight hours? Yeah, that well, that is what I'm talking about with this deep-rooted misogyny where it's like, yes, what they're trying to show is that the life of a woman, especially a domestic woman, is like it normalizes the constant suffering associated with the life of the domestic woman to the point where this woman, like you said, Donovan, is clearly like experiencing psychosis. And her sister's answer to that is, let's drink tea, not can I help you? What's going on? Let's get to the bottom of this. Right. You know that feeling we only get a couple hours of sleep and you wake up with mystery children? <laughs> We've all yeah. been there. Oh, yeah. And I a know husband. About that. Well, also something that it was deeply disturbing to me about this movie, and I now have like a new nightmare scenario, which is that I suddenly wake up with a husband who I've never met before, and I'm everybody around me from my sister to our acquaintances is pressuring me to give him birthday sex. Oh my god. Oh, I hate I was shocked that they said the word sex in a Hallmark movie. Yeah. Because this woman, like, throws, like, she, her, like, past self before she entered this alternate reality had been throwing this birthday party for her husband. And then everyone at this dinner is like, well, he's getting lucky tonight. And then she's like, well, do I have to give him birthday sex? And that was shocking to me that yeah. they said the phrase birthday sex. It's 2010, By the way, baby. speaking of birthday sex, Jeremiah out of the ICU for COVID. I just got this Twitter update. Who's Jeremiah? Do you guys, he wrote birthday sex. I Oh. You don't know who oh. Jeremiah is? Oh, okay. Well. I I don't fully know who Jeremiah is, but I now know who Jeremiah is. You, okay. Okay. So good for him. I had no idea he was him. ill. Me I had either. no idea he was experiencing health problems. <laughs> he shouldn't have moved by that steel mill. Right. I mean, that's my that's my thing with Jeremiah. But. Yeah, him and the townspeople should have formed a stronger coalition against that steel <laughs> mill. Um, yeah, that's the thing is, like, the whole kind of, like, premise of, like, this section of the movie was, like, her trying to withhold sex from this man who she didn't know. <laughs> yes. No, and is, like, kind of expectant of it, and the family is pressuring her. It's, yeah. It's, like, and it's, it's played Fugolia. for laughs, but that shit is traumatizing. Like, yeah. you wake up and you're yeah. like, you have to have sex with this mystery person. Oh. Yeah, and I'm so glad that we're talking about this, because what did it remind me of? Uh, Franny... It reminded me of um, 
the most recent episode, episode three of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, yes. uh, where Mary, who, if you listen to our <laughs> Patreon episode, you know that Mary, so, um, Donovan, Real Housewives of Se- Se- uh, Salt Lake, I almost said Real Housewives of Sex in the City. Oh, Real I House- love that. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City just premiered uh, a couple weeks ago on Bravo, and one of the characters is, um, like, a young-ish woman, she's probably in her early 40s, who, uh, her grandma died young, and in her will, she kind of betrothed Mary, this young woman, to her husband. So, Mary is now married to her step-grandpa. What? Yes. And they talk about on the show, she, like, in, like, a confessional is like, you know, like, we... Did you guys, the producer's like, did you guys, you know, consummate that night? And she's like, no, like, I was on my quote-unquote period for, like, two and a half weeks. Yeah. <laughs> that is so upsetting. Because uh. she didn't want to have sex with this man who had been, like, as she was raised as, you know, his grandchild. Yeah. Um, it's insane. So, having just watched that episode last night, you know, I'm thinking about all of the things women have done throughout history to avoid sex with men. Mm-hmm. Um you know, pretending to be on your period for two and a half weeks, uh, pretending that you just kind of got dropped in from an alternate reality and need time <laughs> to kind of chill out. Um, all of these things that women have been put through, uh, you know, as means of um, avoiding the quote unquote wifely duty. It's it's disturbing. It's the movie is kind of an expose in that sense, because like there's a ton of that with kind of marriage and the pressure to do that. There's a lot of coercion in, involved in that for, for women uh, in terms of like the sexual expectations of marriage and, and, and all that shit. And so maybe we can look at this movie as uh, hey, it's exaggerating that so we can yeah. see, oh, it would be fucked up to just be forced to raise these rando kids and some fucking dude that you saw these on a coffee shop once. Who yeah. sucks so They're awful. much. <laughs> oh, guys, come on. These okay. ki- the kids were not that bad. The y- the sister was. Well, okay. This is the, the thing. The older is, brother was fine. He's fine. The whole okay, so the plot with the kids is that uh the older one, the boy, um, only likes playing soccer and he's getting C's in math. This child has to be six years old. I don't know why he's like being given letter grades in mathematics that feels yeah i was like how are you getting a d and you're like adding one plus one like you should be getting like a s for satisfactory right you should be kind of being graded on your collaboration right now you kept the ink on the paper that's a s yeah good job (laughs) yeah um so that was disturbing to me and then the whole line with the the whole plot line with the younger one the girl is that she's potty training which is also just like a classic like no i don't never need to see potty training in a movie no um there's nothing also potty training is not you know obviously none of us have been through with uh children of none our of us own have but been through potty training none of us is po- our potty training. <laughs> no, obvi- obviously speaking to um kind of at this thanksgiving table with my podcast family of people who are not potty trained um <laughs> we all kind of don't have any reference point for this no but what i want, was going to say is that it's very like kind of what we talked about last week uh, with the video game is that it's very men writing for women, this potty training drama. Because in reality, potty training is uh, not a very dramatic process. It's it's a slow, kind of long-form thing that you go through with a child, and every child is very individual in their needs when it comes to potty training. So and you know what you're in for. Exactly. Like, you know that it's not going to be overnight. Right. right. You know that you need to put the first piece of candy down to get the kid a little closer to the bathroom. <laughs> 
And then you keep putting him closer until he's in the bathroom. Yeah, and, and here's what I have to ask. Did you guys have like a like a potty training treat? Yes. What was yours, Sophie? Um, so every time I don't remember I had a sticker chart, I remember. That's fun. And then as because I'm the oldest of three children, as the um you know, as more children came along, the potty training treat got more and more sophisticated and also it was peer pressure based. So we had um my mom went to like a uh, giant eagle or whatever and got like a like a bulk uh candy bag of runts. Do you guys remember runts? <laughs> yeah. And every- that's the way to make your child not want to. <laughs> no, we like, love if those I eat a banana runt. Oh, we fought over the banana runts because uh. you could put them over your tiny little kid teeth and make them look like braces. Um, that part's kind of cool. Yeah. Maybe I would have been into it had I known that. Yes, exactly. You just weren't thinking outside the box. Uh, you were kind of just trapped in your own little mind prison of runts being gross. A banana but- is simply a banana. Yeah. No outside the box. Right. Um, so it when my little sister, I don't remember what it was for my brother, but my little sister, every time she went poop on the potty, we all got a run. And so <laughs> it was like me and my brother. Just a singular run? Or was one like- run. No, nope. <laughs> one run out of the bulk bag. <laughs> I guess for My those answer. unfamiliar too, that's not that is like the size of a skittle. That's like yeah. getting one goddamn skittle. <laughs> yeah, we runs are not good. I would encourage you all to go to your nearest steak and shake. Insert. Well, here's here's. For I don't reference. think they have them anymore. Okay. Well, I thought that like I was most familiar with runs from steak and shake. You go to a steak and shake, you insert a quarter, and you get like a handful of runs. So the fact that you guys <laughs> are only getting one run, one penny's worth. Yeah. No, it was great. It was, we would all like, my brother and I all day would spend all day trying to pressure my sister to take a shit on the toilet and then line up by the kitchen cabinet for our single run at the end of the day. Oh my God. Donovan, yeah. what about you? Did you have a, a potty training? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. This is like, which is weird because I have a pretty damn good long-term memory and this is the sort of shit I would remember. I remember like swim training and stuff. Yeah. But for some reason, I don't remember this. I do remember my sisters because I'm the oldest. I got three younger sisters, including our friend Annie. Yeah. And I can tell, I guess it's not an embarrassing story. When she when she was a kid, I was Oh, doing, she's listening, Donovan. Was, Be careful. <laughs> you know the trick where you pretend to eat the quarter and then you pull it out behind somebody's ear? Yeah. So I'm like seven. I'm doing this. And she's like, I don't know, three or something. And she tries to do it, but she just eats the quarter. <laughs> and she is freaking out. Oh my and I'm like, oh my God. And my dad's like, go to the bathroom. She goes, comes back in the minute. And he's like, okay, you're good. And I'm like, there is no chance that could have passed through her digestive system that quickly. And my dad's just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> 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 Pretending it's done. <laughs> so oh I guess the God. penny was kind of, that's kind of a treat. That's my yeah. uh, closest. That's a potty training treat. She's getting her copper in. She's yeah. Her. yeah. Mine was um, chiclets. Oh. Right on. Like, yeah. That's so not that, better than a run. That's you're got longevity. Like you're better than me. Yeah, it does. No, it, it does have longevity. I could yeah, chew but it, that for a while. It loses its flavor after like 10 seconds. A run loses yeah, its flavor true. as soon as it disappears because it's tiny and it's like yeah, one bite. Yeah, but... As I previously said, Donovan, you can put the banana one over your teeth and make it look like braces. Damn it. I keep forgetting a, a the main prop. feature. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of a a prop comedy device. Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of runs right now. I'm just kind of thinking about them. There's a whole Wikipedia page devoted to runs. Yeah, dude. I I don't know, like what yes, the this- this is what, so runs have a hard candy shell with a compressed dextrous center, similar to the consistency of sweet tarts. That's very accurate. Yeah. 
that is probably the most accurate rendering uh, in prose of runts that Ooh, I've There was today. a, a <laughs> variety of, here are all the varieties of runts. There's regular runts, chewy runts. Our listeners runts, are going to hate this. You runts, listing the varieties of runts. <laughs> but I got to get to rock and runts. I have to get to rock and <laughs> Well, runts. what's up with the rockin' ones? What's the gimmick? <laughs> Yeah, it's watermelon, grape, pineapple, lemon, and raspberry, which sounds better than the flavor makeup of original runs. I do like very skittles. That's pretty rock and roll. That's pretty rock and runs. (laughs) (laughs) Rock and runs, runs on the edge. Watch this movie, you know, chew on some runs. You've got a perfect Dude, night. Also, listeners, send us what your potty training treats were. This is a fun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fun. That's like a fun question. Yeah. Send us your potty training treats. I love that. That's a really. What's sad for me is I can no longer have gum because of my TMJ disorder. I mean, I can, but it's not, I'm not supposed to chew gum. You can gum. have gum. It, who's, who's chewing gum often enough to make it a problem for their TMJ? Me. If you chew a piece of gum every day. Who chews a piece of gum every day? That's a mental illness. (laughs) Chewing gum every day. Yeah, Yeah. that's weird. Who has gum on them all the time? That's creepy. You're going to the convenience store and you're buying gum? Yeah, you gotta get some Orbit, Sweet Mint You might just smoke. Right. (laughs) It's cooler. I feel like, okay, maybe at a music festival is my one exception, but I feel like as a kid, if somebody pulled out and was like, you want a piece of gum? I was like, oh, hell yeah. But now, yeah, that's kind of sus if somebody just has a whole pack of gum on them. That's kind of weird. Whatever. I'm a I'm a gum lover. Are you like the person in the office who always has gum and everybody's like, I don't want gum, but if you pull out your gum, like everybody's gonna be into it. Oh yeah. That's fun. That's like an office thing, I feel an like. Office trope. You know. Yeah. Dwight, Jim, Pam, gum. Gum. My <laughs> I'm favorite so office sorry. character gum. Remember when Michael <laughs> chewed the gum in that episode? That was oh crazy. That was my favorite episode. Dude, I'm guys, so that's on my hinge profile. I'm, I'm looking like, for remember the when Michael to my che- Pam, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking for the gum to my Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seek seek help to all of us. Um, okay, so let's talk about um as we said, the older son, he plays soccer and kind of the whole crux of um, the issue the quote unquote community center and park is having with the steel mill is that it's causing health problems for the children. So what um, in your guy's head were the health problems being, because at the ending trial scene, the um, the witness on behalf of the city says that the children have health problems to the extent that something like 12 children... 20. 20 from children. zero children having health problems to 20 children <laughs> having health problems. They said that the kids could no longer participate in the soccer league because of these health problems. Like, for life. They were no longer able to play soccer. So what to you guys were these health problems? <laughs> I mean, I guess COVID's on the brain, but I'm going to guess some sort of, like, respiratory issue from the steel mill offshoot. Okay. That they're breathing it in their little lungs, and then they they no longer are able to, you know, perform these high-impact activities that would need them to to breathe. They're like, they they gave, they all got asthma from this. Okay. That was my... About you, Donovan? That's where my mind went, too. Uh, they, you know, just breathing in the emissions or something, and they lost their lung privileges. That's the only thing <laughs> yeah. I could think of. But that's so many... And this is in yeah. San Francisco. Also, wealthy why? fucking white people. There's no yeah. chance that 20 wealthy white kids would die and nothing would happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, they didn't say die. They just oh. said develop health problems. <laughs> Become so incapacitated. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, my question was, so this, you know, 
basically what happens is Claudia, is that her name? Claudia, as she's been put into this new life, is kind of like, okay, what's the lesson that Faye Dunaway is trying to teach me? Like, what do I need to figure out in order to get out of this world? And basically, she kind of starts to be like, you know, search this new life for meaning and be like, well, she's asking her kind of instant husband, like, do what was it like when we first met? Like, was I working? Like, and it turns out she was a lawyer, but then once she had kids, she decided to stay home because it was so great being a mom, which is like LOL propaganda. Um, but she um, evidently, I guess, still has her bar certification because she decides in this new life to take up the cause as the lawyer on behalf of the townspeople rather than as the opposing lawyer. So, and Sophie, as someone trying to go to law school right now, this is the path that you envision for yourself, what, right? It's what I see, doing like one or two years of service, and then, right? Yeah, doing one or two years of service, and then popping out a bunch of kids while like my um, husband kind of complains about his job and makes really, really nice furniture in our he, back shed. This was I love. This was my favorite part of the movie. Is she is trying to get her husband to like get a promotion. And so she gives him a book that's like climbing the corporate ladder for dummies and she walks in on him and she thinks that he fell asleep reading it and then he takes it off or she like takes off like the book and like under it he was actually reading like a furniture magazine. (laughs) It was just called like furniture. Yeah. Um, So she takes up this cause on behalf of the city and she uncovers that there is a connection between the health problems and the steel mill. And my question is, why did it take this woman to figure out that zero kids were having health problems? Now 20 kids are having health problems to the extent that they are incapacitated for anybody to make any sort of connection between the steel mill and the health problems. Yeah, well, they brought in a doctor from a different town. We don't trust doctors from different towns. No, different, you know, a different town in San Francisco. Right. The townspeople of San Francisco. Just a town over from San Francisco. Yeah, the provincial kind of townsfolk of San Francisco and their weird ideas about health problems. Yeah. I'm just a simple folk. I, my house is worth 1.5 million. Just totally. I got away. one Tesla only. That's yeah. <laughs> Working down on the computer farms. It's a simple life. <laughs> it ain't much, but I love it. I, I, did, I have, I, I had a couple notes on this, and one of them was one of my favorite parts of the movie. W- was part of this. I don't want to get ahead, though. Please, we're you not can get we're ahead. jumping around. So she jumps ship from evil corporation defending the or the evil law firm defending the evil corporation. So I guess the good side defending the park with the people and her sister. And she goes over and she's the expert lawyer and she's like, this other team, like, they're going to have all these resources. We're going to have to band together. She has the 20 people, <laughs> just, I guess only in San Francisco, only 20 people, you know, for this, for this park. One for each child with health problems. <laughs> <laughs> only their parents. And they, she's like, come on over. They bring all these boxes of documents. And she's like, okay, folks, just to this random group of st- non-experts, yeah. we're looking for a smoking gun. <laughs> she then goes into the kitchen and i think this is when it happens that that the son is like i can't do math and she's like well how many goals did you score this game and he's like five yeah. and she's like how many last and he's like four 
How many total? Nine. Whoa, I can do math now. She, and in the five minutes of that conversation, the sister walks in and not enough time to open any of these boxes, walks in no. and is like, I found, I found the smoking gun. <laughs> I found it. Well, and you forgot yeah, to mention wild. that in this same scene, the little girl comes in and is like, mommy, I pooped on the potty. And everybody <laughs> breaks out into like rousing applause. This also reminded me of, um, this is another potty training story. Um, that we were at. So my grandpa, um, who passed away, my mother's father, his best friend uh, was, and this man remains alive and is, you know, effectively part of our family. Um, his name is Pierre. He was a, a Swiss doctor, very wealthy man from a very, like Switzerland is like everybody from Switzerland is wealthy. Um, very wealthy man from a wealthy Swiss family. Um had like he has a beautiful house in switzerland and then also a beautiful house in toledo ohio um the switzerland of the midwest um <laughs> always and, neutral yeah Toledo never takes a side <laughs> no um <laughs> and um i will never forget like we were at his pierre's father who is old as shit like has since passed away his like i think 99th birthday party in this beautiful big house like one of the nicest homes i'm sure like i've ever been in um and we were all sitting in like the library of this home like me and my mother's family and like these old people like hanging out and my little brother and i for some reason i will never be able to get this image out of my head he was probably about three years old the age of the child in the movie everybody's kind of talking there's like past apps like <laughs> sipping wine like the children have been relegated into a corner my brother comes in slams the doors open he's this big you know he's like two feet tall slams the doors open everyone falls silent and he goes mommy i made three green poops <laughs> and like there was no positive reaction everyone, there was no laughter and i was like six at the time you know and i was like humiliated like there was oh like God. nothing and that is very much what this scene is like is that this child walks into this room of adults <laughs> trying to save the town and is like mommy i pooped on the potty and the woman's like this is a big deal and everybody claps their hands it's just absurd <laughs> oh my god this uh, movie guys i i'm glad that we watched this i have to say this brought me joy today yes um i would agree um, I'm trying to think if before we get into Amazon reviews, are there any like specific moments in the movie that we want to talk about? I have I have one. Um just a, a short little thing, which is that um they reference a Supreme Court case. I don't know if this is a real Supreme Court case or not, but they're like, yes, like this precedent has already been set by Cox versus Dogtown. <laughs> Which really made me laugh. Hold on. Which is it's probably real because otherwise I'm like, why would they include this? But oh it made me laugh. Uh Cox versus Dogtown. Um it does not exist. Yeah. Uh yeah. The first thing that comes up It's a wrestling. Yeah. The first thing that comes up is a wrestling match, like an amateur wrestling match (laughs) of a 90-pound kid versus, uh, I guess, another uh, 90-pound kid. And then the next thing is uh, Cox Cable Internet Service in Dogtown, Illinois. Yeah. Cox versus Dogtown. They were really writing this movie, like, high as shit in the middle of the night. (laughs) Yeah. What Uh, about you, Donovan? Any other... I have I have a, a 
covered most of the main things, but I uh, I had a couple other notes in here. A line that I liked was, I think the sister to Claudia, you've got that pre-party crazy look. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, we've all been there. Yeah, well, this is the other thing that I wanted to say about those. So she, you know, as we said previously, she... The day that she wakes up in the alternate reality, she has to throw a surprise party for her uh, instant husband. Mm -hmm. And she spends all day planning this party. And then when they're all at the party dinner table, they're, that's when they're saying that she owes him birthday sex. If I yeah. spend all day preparing my home for guests, planning a surprise birthday party, cooking, cleaning, I'm not having sex with you that night. I spent all day preparing them. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like... I'm I'm exhausted. When is yeah, enough absolutely. for Claudia? She has magically learned how to make this enormous meal and take care of the home, despite doing literally nothing except for working law. I think they like mentioned they're like, uh, we don't we're like not a firm that like likes free time. We're like a twenty four seven firm. We're twenty four seven. Right. There we go. No holiday. I was like, oh yeah, one <laughs> one of those just literally working all the time. And then immediately turns on a dime in this traumatic alternate reality and cooks up this big motherfucking meal and stuff. I mean, right. impressive. She's She's got some skills to pick that up that quickly, but I was like, that's kind of wild. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's like, it's all suspension of disbelief, but I'm like, wait, like, so this woman has to do all this shit and she owes her husband sex? No, thank mm -hmm. you. Um, and they do fuck. Right. I mean, they do fuck, which, like, you could even talk about, like, the ethics of he thinks he's fucking his wife right really this is not someone he knows and the in the for like both of them it's it's not good right but i think there is like in the scene before they finally have sex they do share this connection but it is mm -hmm. a connection based on him telling her about past events that in her true reality did not happen right um, so it is, you know, if we're going to get into like the Twitter sort of consent discourse over like, um, whether or not somebody like being in an alternate reality, like if they're able to truly, uh, consent, I don't Which, know. We've all been there. Yeah. <laughs> I know this comes up a lot in real life. Yeah. Have you guys heard of, this is like not consent related, but it is, uh, alternate reality related. Have you guys heard about shifting? Uh-uh. Well, We've discussed shifting. We've discussed it. Sophie, well, for Donovan, this is a thing that people on TikTok do where they believe they are shifting to an alternate reality, such as Harry Potter World oh. or um, Vampire, Vampire Diaries. Diaries. Yeah. yeah. That's the other uh, big one. Vampire Diaries is a show like, that has not been on in like five years. Yeah. It's like they, but it's not even as if like, you know, they, um, like, because lucid dreaming is a thing. And it's like, obviously, if you read over if you spend three hours every day reading about vampire diaries, that's probably going to pop up. But they, they truly think that they are moving to a different reality. Is, but this is on TikTok? It's on TikTok. It's all teens. They're like, here's my nighttime routine for shifting into Hogwarts. <laughs> oh, it's, okay. So it's just it's just like a dream state kind of thing yeah. specifically? But it's to like them, it's real. Movies. Yeah, but the, to them, they're like, well, I know that it's an alternate reality, an AR. Damn. Which is kind of, I mean, like, dreaming is, in a sense, an alternate reality, so they're not totally wrong, but it is the assumption that they, it's, like, somehow real. They're like, on my way to see Harry, peace out, guys, going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, my soul has moved. On my way right. to the firm in this John Grisham book. I can't remember any characters' <laughs> names, because they're all about the same. <laughs> yeah, right. On my way to the Pelican Brief. Um... <laughs> 
So let's get in. As I said at the, I think, the top of the episode, the Amazon reviews that I read for this movie, I picked out about seven of them, um, and they are uh, totally crazy because most of these people are not writing reviews of digital downloads of the movie. They're writing reviews of a DVD that they purchased off of Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are For folks, them. They yeah. spent money on this movie. Exactly. These are folks who spent upwards of $20 on getting this DVD shipped to their home. Oof. Gotta get um, that collector's so, edition. Yeah. Um, and they all have different reasons for doing so, which we'll get into. Um, so I'm going to start with the positive reviews. Um, so this is, um, a review from an unpronounceable username, uh, where the title is Good Sappy Movie. It's a five-star review from December 30th, 2012. Uh, This person writes, my wife lives for November and December with Hallmark movies. This one will not disappoint, and it follows the formula to a T, and this is where it gets good. My wife saw about 80% of the movie, I would say, but lost a portion. We ordered it for her so she would not have to wait a year to see how it ended. Love, (laughs) Bill H. She's like that's it was honestly what what a baller move to sign off your Amazon reviews with love. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Don, but what were you gonna say? I got- oh, you're you're good. She's uh, she's got like eighty percent. She's at that climax at the end. She's like, what could possibly happen? <laughs> I have no. She's idea. like, honey, get in here. The TV just went off, and I don't know if the townspeople won the won the uh, <laughs> won the injunction. Yeah. Which, it's just, that's the best, we didn't even talk about this. They're looking for an injunction, not like a permanent seizure of the mill being able to operate. Like, they're looking I, for I a don't temporary. Sophie, you're the only one who's taken the LSAT within the, the past. <laughs> from my understanding, and this is not, and I'm, like, feel like I'm not the authority on this, but from my understanding, an injunction is like a, we're gonna have a trial about this at a later date. Like, it's not oh, even yeah. the final action in like the kind of lawsuit this would be so they'd have another chance to stop this right but it's like this isn't even the conclusion of the the journey for these people right yeah sequel possibly wow a family thanksgiving too yeah (laughs) which the title barely i don't know i was so confused by that title i was like that's not a movie title that's just a thing (laughs) Yeah, that's just kind of a concept. Um, So here is another positive review. This is our last positive review, and then we'll get into the... Go ahead. One more thing on that last one, and that just puts the icing on the cake, that even within, you're accepting this thing that... To def- it's capitalism that's doing all this stuff, but in this world, it's just one evil corporation. They exist exactly. to do evil and put steel in kids' lungs. It's like, even in that world, you can't get the total victory. Because usually it's like, we beat the bad corporation, now everything will be fine forever. All the right. conditions, that'll never result in another one. But it's like, with right. this one, that didn't even do that. Come yeah. on. We don't even know what health problem the kids have and whether or not it's terminal. Right. Like, <laughs> um, So this review is from user BKD, and the title is Great Burger Holiday King Movie. <laughs> uh, Burger King dick. Um, <laughs> great holiday movie, dot, dot, dot. I watch this one over and over, dot, dot, dot. Always puts a smile on my face along with quote, unquote, laugh out loud laughter. So much fun to watch, dot, dot, dot. 
And, and this is where it gets good. And Daphne Zuniga, the actress who plays Claudia, is way more than a beautiful face. (laughs) She definitely has the acting chops to match that beautiful face. And her co-star handsome husband can act as well. Hope to see these two back together again in anything else they decide to star in, so long as it is no higher than PG, of course, (laughs) dot, dot, dot. And that's the end. We end with an ellipsis. Somebody who only wanted (laughs) family-friendly content based on this would not have say, but only keep it at PG. That seems like an unnecessary detail. That makes me think he's fighting an internal battle because he wants uh, family Thanksgiving (laughs) hentai. But he's like, no, no, I don't. Just PG, please. That's all we need. Come on. Come on. Well, what I think he's saying is basically this is like a like a like free PG Sittenfeld propaganda. Um they're like, uh, well, anyway, uh keep it PG. Uh keep my man's out of prison. Um, so basically something that I would say characterizes a lot of the positive reviews is being celebratory of the quality of the movie, the quality of the acting, and how it is family-friendly and fun for Mm -hmm. the whole family. But a certain sect of viewers really disagreed with this movie's kind of, um, this movie's assertion that it was, it's two main assertions as a Hallmark movie. One, (laughs) that it's family-friendly. And two, that it's about Thanksgiving. Um, This is a good one uh, from A. Starkey. This is a three-star review. It's not a horrible review, but also uh, not a great one either. Um, Wherein the title is funny, but little Thanksgiving. (laughs) Sophie, who who has better reviews? Uh, Our podcast on iTunes or a family Thanksgiving on Amazon.com? I don't think you're going to like the answer to that question. (laughs) Yeah. I plan activities for our senior apartment complex, and I enjoyed the movie but was somewhat disappointed that there was little about Thanksgiving until the very end. The movie was very cute. A corporate woman lawyer, a woman lawyer, (laughs) who is anti-marriage and children is zapped into the future. Not true. (laughs) Zapped into the past. Uh, To see what life could be like if she were to have children. There are many funny scenes, but the movie had more Christmas than Thanksgiving in it. What? <laughs> no, that's, that's untrue. Yeah. I was um, expecting at least one gobbling turkey with a little pilgrim hat on it, and I got nothing. What is this? Well, they had they had the Thanksgiving pageant. Yeah, you know, that took where... up like a third of the movie. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that entire section. <laughs> where the sister's like your your three-year-old daughter is the only girl who can play this role <laughs> we need her and also the girl totally bungles the role she's like hi mommy yeah what a <laughs> she'll never work script. again in this town <laughs> up on that stage shit in her pants <laughs> not getting any runs <laughs> yeah like, hi mommy dumb bitch get off the stage um oh shoot one sec um Okay, so here is uh, another semi-neutral review. Uh, And Franny, I think that you're going to like this one a lot. Oh, I'm excited. So this is from Tessa. This movie is very much like The Family Man with Nicolas Cage. (laughs) It was a little draggy, and the woman was not a sympathetic character. I didn't like her much. She was way too self-centered. My husband described it as having less heart than The Family Man. (laughs) 
Um, so this, that's a user whose husband, uh, thought it had less heart than a family man. And for some reason, she thought that was information that all of us needed to know. You know, I am glad. Now we'll have to watch the family man. Um, and then now we're going to get into, um, the people who are upset about the lack of family friendly content. Uh Um, so this is a three star review, uh, from user Amazon addict, <laughs> Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Jeff Bezos, the Lord himself. Um, Amazon addict, her review title is Disappointed. And this person says, I am a teacher and bought this to show my sixth and seventh grade students. Why? <laughs> It's a good thing I previewed it first. There was a scene where two characters were frantically trying to remove their clothing for a sex scene. And there was a reference to that time of the month. There were... (laughs) (laughs) There were two... Which, that was an... The period reference was incredibly opaque. Sixth and seventh graders would not have gotten that. No. Uh, There were too many of these types of instances that made me decide that there was no way I could show this at a school. Waste of money. It was not the sweet, feel-good movie that I had hoped for at all. It's going straight to Goodwill. Damn. (laughs) Damn, Amazon. Own own that DVD. (laughs) Yeah. She's sending that shit straight to Goodwill. Um, You're fucking canceled, girlfriend. It's over. I'm trying to see. I didn't pull these up, but I... um, I'm seeing that several people commented on this, um, this specific review. There's kind of a thread going. So let's see what other users had to say. Yeah. Um, Butterfly Mom 53 said, uh, <laughs> I have viewed this movie many times and I agreed it's not one I would want a teacher in my kid's school to view. <laughs> I don't want the teachers of my children even watching this movie. This movie is $35 on Amazon. Yeah. What? All and shipping movies- shipping is like $10 minimum. Yeah, it's not on Prime. Um all movies at school should correspond with lessons. This movie is a geared more towards women who work or are stay-at-home moms. Uh What? <laughs> Okay, wait. I'm wait. Gonna, I'm, hold on. It okay. gets so much. This review, I didn't. I have not read this beforehand, guys. I'm reading this for the first time, and this is just delving deep into the absurd. I deeply resented a teacher at my kid's school who showed Harry Potter movies and Goosebumps movies to my children. Movies that have no bearing on an education that coincided with state-mandated curriculum. To the other two that replied, I encourage you to view the movie. It is very cute and wives and husbands do have passionate relationships. Gasp. The two characters were husband and wife after a date that reconnected uh, them as husband and wife. That's arguable, because one character is living in an alternate reality. (laughs) There are many movies with references to that time of the month, but when is that not okay? It was funny and tastefully done. The relationship between the husband and the wife was one of the best and funniest parts of the movie. I say, enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Show this to your kids. I wanted to read, I just pulled it up on Amazon. Uh, This sounds like a Trump tweet to me, so... (laughs) This is by Bird Watcher. Is the, oh, I was just about to read this one. Go ahead. Oh, can, do, can I read it? Yeah, please. Okay. 
this has everything we usually watch Hallmark to avoid scene. <laughs> what Fran is not noting here is that the um, the word avoid is randomly capitalized. Oh, they love doing that. <laughs> to avoid scene, sex, nudity, and the us- usual using of people as objects. It's a loser movie. <laughs> badly done, badly written, and uninteresting to boot. Bah humbug. I canceled my order of the Christmas one. If I want this stuff, it abounds in TV for free. Which is crazy because this is a TV movie. You could watch this movie for free. Yeah. You're choosing to pay $30 for it. It does make sense, though. I'm I'm just remembering. I looked up earlier because I was like, why is it Hallmark makes cards? What is their business making delightful film for this holidays? Um, But, oh, crap. I just completely lost my train of thought there. You were saying that you were looking up why Hallmark was making right. movies. Uh, so I was looking back because, like, why is this a channel? And from what I saw, it's, like, really convoluted, but it has its origins as, like, a, Chris- or a Christian station. There was some uh, kind of Christian satellite station and eventually got acquired by Hallmark or something. So, I'm, I, I'm like, I'm not surprised. I bet there's a bunch of, like, chuds who are, like, I live and die by Hallmark. They don't mention <laughs> sex. They don't mention that time of the month. <laughs> So right. two two things. One of them is that what I had mentioned earlier, Garage Sale Mystery. I just had this open in another tab. The full title is Garage Sale Mystery, The Beach Murder. And it is on Hallmark and it does uh, star Lori Laughlin. Wow. Which seems like, I, I guess they have Hallmark Mysteries, but that's that does not seem PG. The concept of a murder. Well, but to Christian people, like who gets murdered in that movie, like a gay guy or like a woman who's on her period, like it could yeah, be a woman who a- it's that time of the month, <laughs> right. time of the month to get murdered. Yeah, like it could be kind of a justified homicide. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I mean, the thing that I would like to say some more about me is that it wasn't specifically a Hallmark movie, but I have I have been a PA on the set of a movie that was. Um, I think in the process of being sold to kind of a lesser Hallmark channel. I forgot about like this. Yeah, it was like TV. a Hallmark reject. Yeah, the Christmas masterpiece. It, it would it would have never gone to Hallmark because I think they make their movies in-house. I don't think you're selling. There's no way you're selling a, a third-party movie to Hallmark. Um, but the Christmas masterpiece, you know, and I'm in it too. There's a scene of me. I'm in the background. Uh, I'm an extra. This was the day after I... Um, you know, totaled my car off the oh, exit uh, because it was so sad. Yeah, it hydroplaned, and so I had to face away from the camera because my face was fucked up. I had a, I had a scab. Oh no! So I know. Yeah, they were like, "Get this uggo out of here!" Yeah, get what this uggo out of here. Scratch her face. This is a Christmas masterpiece, not a Christmas tragedy, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> get off but, the screen. So you know, I have felt like. I think that Hallmark, just in terms of, like, other Christmas movies I've seen, Hallmark seems to be the least Christian of the bunch. Like, Hallmark has very minimal, um, I would say, specifically God-centric themes. And I would say, like, one of my favorite uh, holiday fun watches is, um, shoot, what's it called? Marry Me for Christmas. And this is on Upworthy TV. And this has, that has a way more, like, God-centric element to it like very explicitly like pro god so i i'm kind of shocked that hallmark hallmark may have sold out a little bit wow because they're not interested in in propagating jesus's <laughs> jesus's word or jesus's yeah. name yeah that's interesting they actually don't mention the name of christ or the fact that he died on the cross for our sins even yeah, once so in this movie that's not worth it despicable. do not recommend <laughs> yeah <laughs> how dare they they had just some yeah. 
random woman playing the main character? It could have been Mary. Come on. Yeah, yeah right. For all we know, this could be a Jewish family. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is yeah. not, like, we don't know what their faith is. We, I need a declaration of faith at the top of a movie. They believe um, in Thanksgiving and matrimony. Right. And yeah, they were married when they had sex, so that's okay. Yeah, it is okay. Even though it was an alternate universe and only one of them, like, had participated in the timeline that got them to the point <laughs> of marriage. Um, that's totally okay. So, um... I think we can wrap up our discussion of the movie there. I think we've tied it in a nice little Thanksgiving bow. The people of Hallmark would be mad at us. That we're kind of Christmasifying this discussion, but mm-hmm. um. So let's instead of doing our usual state of the <laughs> wait, union. Wait, so oh. you didn't you didn't pull the review that is by someone named Sharon A. Cooper, and it's their review is three stars, and it says I wasn't. Oh, I thought it just said I wasn't in this movie. It's <laughs> 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 like Lacey Shipwright. It said I wasn't into this movie. Oh. Never mind. Um, so instead of doing our usual State of the Union, why don't we all say what in this specific movie we were thankful for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was thankful for Cox versus Dogtown. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I was thankful for, like, I love it when in the modern world you can find these little, so this movie is 2010, you know, not too long ago, you can find these little chunks of media where misogyny is okay. Like, I love finding those little pockets of the world where, like, it's still 100% okay to be like, why aren't you doing your wifely duty? Mm-hmm. Potty train why aren't your you fucking, fucking your wife on his birthday? Yeah. Little piece of uh, Americana. Exactly. It's comforting. It feels like home. <laughs> feels like Ohio. See, I don't watch a whole lot of movies because it's a lot of time to not know what's going to happen. So I was right. very thankful <laughs> in this movie that at the very beginning in the coffee shop, when the mystery woman confronts her, she's like, me, a soccer mom in the suburbs? And then I was like, wait a second. <laughs> she's going to be a soccer mom in the suburbs, isn't she? And I figured the whole movie out. I was pretty impressed yeah, with myself. Yeah, you knew it was going to happen. Yeah, it's comforting in a lot of ways. I'm a smart guy. What can I say? That might have gone over some <laughs> viewers' heads, but I'm just putting notes for people in the future. <laughs> Not you could have been a Donovan. trial lawyer, Donovan. <laughs> you could have represented. Should have. Yeah. Evil corporation. <laughs> yeah, right. And that, that's the other thing about this movie that like, I will say is that while it is just, it is misogynistic, like you could have an interpretation of this if she was, if she also was not fulfilled in her motherly duties, then there could be an interpretation of this of women are forced into one of two roles and neither of them are fulfilling. But well, that wasn't, she was just fulfilled by being a mother. Yeah, that's where I thought it was going. Um, yeah. Kind of, because it's like when the woman, when Faye Dunaway's character was like, oh, balance, balance, balance. What I really thought was going to happen was... It was like, oh, like, you don't have to be, like, a zealot for corporate life or even a zealot for motherhood. You can have both. Like, women can't have Which the have husband did. Yeah. The husband had balance. He worked and he had his hobby and he spent time with his kids. Like, he seemed right. much happier. Yeah. Well, because he's a man. Those options are available yeah, he, to yeah, him. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess the kind of thesis is the women can't have it all. And therefore, because you cannot have it all you will be happier being a mother. So stop trying. 
but the, but even mystery woman still with go, the going on about balance i was the same way i was like okay she's only gonna work 80 hours instead of a million hours spend some time <laughs> with her family still but then the balance she discovers is only being a mom <laughs> still yeah i was like did i i thought i missed a scene where she like okay she got a different job that was like less stressful and stuff but like Miranda at the end of Sex in the City 2, when Miranda leaves wow. her misogynistic firm and then she goes to a firm that has like rooftop meetings. Yeah. <laughs> they have wine. So. Yeah. In the office. Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, this has been a great kind of coming to the table, a great family Thanksgiving, uh, celebrating family Thanksgiving. Shitting and pissing this whole time. Absolutely. <laughs> right. In the spirit yeah. of the season. I got to get my diaper changed. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I might get a runt later if I go in the potty. Um, so, Donovan, do you have anything you want to plug? Yeah. Uh, so, Radio Free Toteg is my main show. I uh, do it with my with my friend Arthur. Uh, we take like Incredible. listener questions, answer them. I think we're not experts, but I think we give pretty good advice. We're trying to be like Loveline, but without the misogyny is our, effectively our, our kind of goal. Right. Uh, if you'd like to check us out, it's rftb.me. I got a cool new URL. And uh, like Instagram.com slash. If you look up Radio Free Toad Bag, that's like the only response. That's like the only search result. Yeah, awesome. it's it's good. We we both recommend it. I listen. Yes. I'm a listener. It's great. It's uh, like lots of fun questions, lots of fun advice. Um, there's always something to be gleaned about uh your relationship uh with others from that show oh yeah um, and y'all were on one it was a pretty damn good episode so check yeah it's it a lot that of one fun was good you guys recently and i forgot this this woman's name but you had on like a sex educator and i thought that that was super interesting yeah we had a, a couple a couple recently robin manning and uh shante herring in the recent episodes we've been trying to kind of get more people with like some expertise on it so we could be like okay <laughs> <laughs> right like this is real what you're talking about <laughs> yeah yeah there are some really great episodes um yeah so uh in terms of girls like us, we have, um, by the time this episode is published, uh, we will have our new website um, online. It is girlslikeus.show. Check it out. Um, it's been a long time in the making. Uh, you can find everything there. Um, it's an aggregate for links to our Patreon, uh, links to our social medias, a little bit more about the show, ways to get in contact with us. Um, and it's cute. Um so check it out. Check out, like I said, our Patreon. Uh, for $5 a month, you get about three extra episodes. Um, we're doing the Alpha series right now. And I believe this week we're going to be um, chatting about Dancing with the Stars just because yes. um, that's what we want to do. And we love dancing and there's a lot to discuss uh, there. Um and our theme music is by Leggy. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Girls Like Us Show. And we're officially part of the Frolic Podcast Network. And you can find more podcasts you'll love at frolic media slash podcasts. Over in my locket and cherries in my sweater. I'm fish in the sea.